Hi, everybody. I'm Ronnie. Hello, and I'm Jenny, and we uh, are... We are the Heart and Soul Sisters. You got that right. <laughs> yes, that's right. And so um, so this, uh, this week we're continuing with our series of people we love, books, experiences, workshops that we've uh, encountered, and just sharing what we got out of them, how we use them, what stuck with us. And today we're talking about uh, Karen McLaren and the language of emotions. And I honestly don't remember how I encountered this book, Jenny. It was within the last yeah, year. Yeah, you're the one that found it. Yeah, I found it, and I have I can't remember how I was thinking about it before this to try to you know I, I don't know it might have been I was reading something else and somebody mentioned it, and I thought I would give it a shot, but um, but I found it maybe six months ago. It seems like it's been fairly recent. It's maybe it definitely hasn't been as long as a year. But um, mm-hmm. it's great because she talks about how the, the premise is that emotions are your friends and the emotions show up. They're trying to tell you something. And of course, yes. we often try to stuff emotions, particularly the unpleasant ones. And we has all kinds of negative consequences. But for her, the big thing is you're missing the information that the emotions are trying to, to bring you. And yeah, if so, you ignore them or stuff them down. Yeah, right. So she has a bunch of like grounding techniques that she teaches in the book to help people get in touch with the emotions and feel them where they really reside for them and so on. But I remember really early on, and I have a lot of experience with grounding exercises, so I was kind of like, okay, 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 let's get to the meat of it. Get to the I just, point. <laughs> and, I, and I remember that one of the very first things she said when she was talking about emotions is she talked about suicidal ideation and the suicidal impulse, which she herself had experienced. And she made this, what I thought was a really profound statement. She said, you know, that impulse means that something has to die, but it doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be you. Maybe it's a relationship that you're in that's toxic. Maybe the way you're living is not aligned with your highest and greatest good or your well-being. And I remember, like I've never had that impulse, but I remember when she said that I thought, "Wow, that is really really cool." I just like felt like immediately I wanted to share that that piece of information. So we've talked about yeah. the text thread that we have for you, me and our kids, and I put that out there. I said, "This I'm listening to this book. This she just said this thing. I think it's amazing, you know." Um yeah. and I, that was, I was really drawn in, right? But from that, oh, yeah. typically from that point on. Absolutely. And that, and that really, that, that suicidal ideation that comes, you know, from a place of depression um, is, is our, our, our emotions, you know, trying to get our attention to say, look, something is really not working here for you. (laughs) Something is really not right. And you've got to address this. You've got to look into this. And um, yeah. And I loved that whole point that she made that something has to die, but it's, but it really isn't, it really isn't about that. You have to die. It's that something is really unhealthy for you. And you've, you've got to, you've got to look at it. You, You can't keep ignoring it. And that was, yeah, that was really profound because I've tried to hide that. You know, I think I've, when we've talked about in some of our past podcasts about my struggles with depression, anxiety, um, since early childhood, um, is something I just tried to deal with and 
and hide. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it was to a great extent, situational depression initially because right. of the trauma um, that developed into cycles of major depression later on in part also because of the trauma. Um, so it was just a really great, you know, a <laughs> great aha moment for me listening to the book and saying, okay, this is, this is a normal response for what right. I've survived, you know, and this is, um, it's, it's not a failing. It's my body's emotions trying to get, get attention, you know, get my attention and saying, you gotta do something different here, sister. (laughs) (laughs) Not working out. (laughs) It's not working for you. you Right. So yeah, it, it really helped me on, on, on so many levels, listening to her book, um, the audiobook version and realizing, okay, I'm not a failure. <laughs> yeah. I just was conditioned to really ignore so many of these emotions. We weren't allowed to be sad. We weren't allowed to cry. Right. We were, I mean, we were conditioned that we don't have anger. We have no right to be, to be angry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and none of that was allowed. None of it was tolerated. So gosh, you know, I was conditioned to ignore the majority of my protective emotions. Yeah. And that's what she talks about in the book. Yes. Our anger is our warrior. It's our sentinel. It's to, it's, it's to say somebody, it, something is crashing in on your boundaries. Something mm-hmm. is threatening you. Something is, is harming you. And that's what anger is for, man, to, to hold the line and say, this is it. You don't cross this line. Right. And, and that's a beautiful way to look at it. Yeah. It's not it's not necessarily something that you want to give in to that anger and that volcanic rage and just let it blast because that will make you physically sick and of course right. harm others around you but that that anger is there for a reason. Yeah. And and that you know that's part of that fiery you know force field around you right to say okay this is this is me and this is what's healthy for me and this is where you you can't you can't cross this line. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I just absolutely loved her, um, the way she described the emotions and, and how they're meant to serve us yeah. and, and that there's a place for all of them and that, right. yeah, we, we can't, we can't maintain joy, a place of joy, right? We, we mm-hmm. talk about being in a place of being happy and, 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 and the law of attraction that we've talked about before, but you, you can't really have joy without sadness, right? That, right. You know, that all, all of these emotions are meant to work together and coming through a struggle or, or, um, coming to another, another place of understanding, um, working through an obstacle, whatever, whatever it is in your life, Mm -hmm. um, is part of what brings you to that place of exhilaration on the other side of it. Right. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. I, it was great to, to, like you said, have, she really describes emotions as serving you and having their place and that they're meant to move. That emotions are, are energy that's meant to move. And so if you don't feel them, recognize them, acknowledge them, work with them, they can get trapped, stuck. And we've talked in the past, like, you know, the body keeps a score. You stuff things down, it ends up coming out as back pain or GI problems or, you know, those kinds of, of issues. 
And so that it's really about working with your emotions. And, and as you said, the anger is about justice and, um, you know, people violating you, violating your boundaries. Um, fear, fear she talks about is being really your intuition. Fear is also a protector. Yes. It's telling you, I don't know if this is safe. And for some of us, um, we've talked about this in the, in the book manuscript we're working on right now, that, you know, fear can become a conditioned response. If, if the world is, it comes crashing down on you, if you've been abused, um, you might be afraid of lots of things and you get kind Absolutely. of stuck in that emotion and it becomes paralyzing for some. I know I've had periods in my life where that was true. I felt like, particularly as we were in the early stages of recovery, I felt like I- I'm afraid of everything. There's more fear there than I, than I even knew existed. Um, mm-hmm. but, but it's usually there for protection. It's there to, to let you know that, uh, proceed with caution, go ahead and take another look. Um, so, so it serves that, that function. Um, the other thing, what was I going to say? It's another, um, oh, shame, right? Shame is when you, is, is your, uh, way of identifying that you've violated your own moral code, right? Yes. You've done something that you aren't proud of something that had you been advising someone else, you would have said, don't do that. Right. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. and again, it's not, it's not about living in the shame. It's about feeling it and saying, okay, I learned from that and I release it. Right. So that's a whole, right. so that to me, that was a very important piece of what she was talking about is that the emotions move. And so you move right. from, um, sadness, which, which also the, the purpose of sadness is to, um, let you know, maybe you need to slow down, right? Maybe you need mm-hmm. to take a break. Maybe you need to rest because when we're sad, we become sort of lethargic. And so maybe that's what you need. You say, I'm feeling down. Okay. Then take some downtime. And so mm-hmm. I just, I just love that. And, um, the idea that, Yes, there will be joy, but no one lives in a constant state of joy because the emotions mm-hmm. come and they go, right? And it's, it's about- like a river, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's water. It's fluid. It's meant to move. And that's how our emotions are meant to, to serve us and help us. Yeah. And I loved that, that analogy that she talked about. It's supposed to, it's supposed to, they're supposed to move through you mm-hmm. and they're, they're, they're there to help you navigate your life and your environment. Right. And I just, I think that's a wonderful way to look at emotions. Um, And just because you have anger doesn't mean that that means that you explode and you get ugly and you get abusive. That's not, that's not what that means. That means that, that you recognize because anger has been a big one that, that you and I both have really struggled with. Mm -hmm. I think Um, trying to make peace with our anger, trying to acknowledge our anger. Um, and do it in a healthy way right? instead of it building to the point of it erupts and we're like, wow, where did that come from? Yeah. Um, which was, I think what was happening in our early stages of recovery, you know? Yeah. And times it did. Yeah. And so I, I just, I love the way she, she talked about that as it's our friend. It's like, that's a beautiful way to look at it. Yeah. Those yeah. emotions that we we give a bad rap to, yeah, yeah, and and, and she reinforces um, things that you know we've read uh, elsewhere. We've even talked about in this season where we're talking about other people's works, especially I think of Eckhart Tolle. Um, 
joy is in the present moment. Because if you're fully present in the moment, you don't ask it to be anything but what it is. You're appreciating it for what it is. And so you're not, Mm. you know, ruminating over the past, worrying about the future, that joy is only possible in that present moment and recognizing and accepting it for what it is. And so then moment to moment, you may have sustained moments of joy and then some other feeling moves in based on thoughts or life circumstances or, you know, so it's a joy is a word that you and I use a lot, right? We, we started, mm-hmm. we've been using it a lot on, as we have kind of moved along our own paths and we do have joy, but they're really moments of joy. It's not like we live in some ecstatic state, you know? Um, right. <laughs> we are, we're trying to, uh, uh, Oh, looks like I lost my, looks like I lost my video. Hold on one second. Let me try to, change that oh now i gotta adjust myself a little bit okay yeah something happened to my camera up there i just lost my video okay sorry audio listeners um (laughs) so but the idea that you know um when you're present you acknowledge what is whatever that is and um you're just uh it can be a comfort Right to just to just be with what is as opposed to um, projecting forward or backward in time. I don't know. I feel like I'm not being very articulate with that, but um, I like the way she thinks. She talks about that and thinks about that. Um, she also talks about the other thing I really appreciated at the very end of the book. She talks about how you know how important it is to be in touch with our emotions and to know what we're feeling and to. Um, practice noticing where those emotions arise in our body because many times we'll get the physical sensation and then then we'll start saying, okay, so what is that? Like then we intellectualize about it. And right. sometimes they can be very similar. For me, there's a fine line between anxiety and excitement. And I feel it in my chest, yeah. right? There's just like this, it is, it's really, it's a physiological arousal but is it a good arousal or a bad arousal? Let me do, right. Is it, it fight or flight or, yes. Yeah. Or is it just, right. just like, Ooh, I'm, you know, is this something great's going to happen or something great is happening? Um, yeah. but anyway, she talks about how we, uh, we use the phrase stressed out. I'm so stressed out. Oh gosh. I'm yeah. so stressed out as this catch all. And she said, no, no, no. Okay. So, so it, you, it may be that you use that phrase and you understand that you're agitated in some way or, or all is not well, you're not in a state of joy, right? When you're stressed out, you're clearly not in a state of joy. So, but, but she says, really stop and identify what is the emotion, right? Is it, are you feeling anxious? Are you, are you really feeling sad and tired? And when you feel like you have a lot of things to do and that's stressing you because your body is telling you to slow down, right? That's what sadness is supposed to do. And your mind is saying, no, 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 no. We have all these things. Here's this list. We must tick them all off. Um, so I liked, I liked that piece of it too. I liked the idea of stop using this stressed out catch all, um, sort of category. And let's, let's really be more attuned to what's going on for us. Right. I, and what I got out of that when she was talking about, we, we use that, that term stressed, which actually is a, a mechanical 
terminology. It's, it has nothing to do with emotions, right? Yes, right. And and it and it's like skipping over the emotions completely and just kind of ignoring them when when really it you know we're called to look at what what do we need to do in that moment if we're feeling stressed? You know, it is do we do we need to go have a little cry and just let let some of the sadness or some of the the you know the agitation, you know, out, or, um, Mm -hmm. do we, do we need to get up and move? You know, do we need to just get out of the, the anxiety and, and, you know, or, or get in touch with the anxiety and move our body, get up and, and, and do something that fight or flight feeling that a lot of us get, Mm -hmm. um, with that emotion. So it, it's really, it's really great about, I just love the whole idea of that all of these emotions are are all here to serve us. They're all they're all they're all meant to help us negotiate and navigate these daily interactions and and things that happen in in our lives. And I know, you know, with with my work, for example, I I love, you know, I love being in a position where I am helping people, encouraging people, but there's also a whole other side of it where people don't, you know, they come in and say, Hey, Hey, I have all these problems. And, and, and I, I probably mentioned this before, I think in other podcasts, but I don't want tests. I don't want to take any meds. I don't want to change my lifestyle. Right? <laughs> don't tell me to stop smoking or anything. And so there's this big, huge burden that I feel like these people come in and lay on my shoulders and say, fix this. Yeah. But don't do anything. Don't make me do anything. And, and that instantly goes to a place of my chest gets tight. I ha- It feels like I've got this squeezing band around my heart. And it's like, crap, what am I going to do for, the, for this person? And how can I help them understand? And, you know, and it just becomes this like almost like a battle of the wills that where they get there. I can see them getting angrier and angrier and the wall is going up. And as I'm talking about what their possible symptoms could be, and this is why we have tests. And I, I oftentimes make a joke that, you know, I wish this was Star Trek and I could have a little wand and go do, 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 and tell you what's going on, but I don't, you know, but it's so, it's so funny how, um, just that interaction in my daily life, you know, for 15 to 20 times a day, <laughs> you know, if, if half of those patients have that, that whole mentality of, I don't want to deal with it. Here's my problems, but I don't want to, I don't really want to deal with it. And how that affects, you know, I, you know, I need to check in with those emotions that it's, it's bringing up in me and try to learn how to channel that. So it doesn't become this big chest pressure, (laughs) chest discomfort, you know, but that those emotions are there to help me navigate that as well. And, and also to realize that some of this is my feeling of responsibility of wanting to help people, um, but part of this is also their choices that they're making and that I have to, I have to learn to let, let that go and honor that as well and say, okay, I, th- this is their choice. I can give them information and I can try to help, but it's all in their, it's all in their hands as yeah. to what choices they want to make. And yeah. And so, I mean, I, I just, I love, love her book and it's just been, it's it's given some really great fodder to ponder. And I'm sure I'm going to listen to this one again, just because there's so much great information 
Oh it. yeah. Yeah. And, and I love what you said about the, she does talk about getting up and moving your body as one way to, you know, sort of move. Cause sometimes it's not that you're still in the issue or you like you're connected to whatever it was that brought up that emotion. It's just that you haven't completed it. You haven't kind of let it, just let it go. And, um, mm-hmm. to me, when I, when I was hearing that, when I was listening to the book, I was thinking about, um, the body keeps a score. Um, and I was also thinking about, when we did our work with Danielle, um, McKinnon and the animal communication. She talked about, she talked about moving energy as well and how animals, mm-hmm. you notice whenever they have some kind of unpleasant encounter, they will literally physically shake off the energy. Like I watched ducks yeah. out there in the lake and they, you might get in a squabble with somebody and then they just kind of, <laughs> they, they, from head to toe, they ruffle their feathers. Yeah. Or the cats, I'll pick the cats up and hold them longer than they want to be held or scratch with some place that wasn't their first choice and they'll wiggle and I'll put them down and they'll just go, yeah. oh, and they'll just kind of shake that out. I was like, that wasn't what I wanted. You know, I don't like that. Energy. <laughs> and they just let it go. And so it, it, we really can't underestimate how much, um, I mean, emotions get lodged in us physically, how much the physicality of just getting up and moving. That's why going for a walk is so great. Getting up and putting on your favorite music and dancing. Um, cause sometimes it's not that there's anything you need to do about the emotion. Cause like sometimes we'll say, okay, I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling anxious. Why is that? What can I do about it? Like you intellectualize it. Where did it come from? Right. What problem do I have to solve to get rid of it, et cetera? Sometimes it's just as simple as you're, you're really done with whatever that emotion was telling you. You just have to just shed it, um, allow it to move. Uh, so I, I, I like that idea because I've been so many times in my life where a good long walk outside or a little mini dance party or sometimes a lengthy dance party um, just totally changes how I feel, how I see the world. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's great. I like to seem to be pulling together a lot of, a lot of threads of things I've already encountered and, um, but also adding a lot of new information too. I just, I really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's an awesome book. You know, the other, the other last thing I'll say, um, before we finish up today is that, um, I love, uh, talking about distractions right? How when we're in an emotion, we maybe don't want to feel, or we just don't even want to think about how we're feeling at all. It's not even that we're necessarily facing an unpleasant emotion. We just don't want to deal. Um, we'll look for distraction. So, you know, television, picking up our phones, whatever. And when she talks about that, she says, you know, we're because, because joy only happens in the present moment when we're paying attention to it, all the things we do to distract ourselves are actually robbing us of joy. Yes. And I always knew they were time sucks, right? But I didn't mm-hmm. sort of make that connection of like, I really can't. And, and just last night I did this um, in the, in the middle of one distraction, my husband and I were watching TV together. Um, he went to go take a phone call or make a phone call real quick. So he'd pause while we were watching. And I instinctively reached for my phone to just scroll through something while he's gone and I'm waiting yes. for the original distraction to start up again. Yes. And I stopped myself and I said, cause I had been thinking about this knowing we were going to podcast about it today. I said, no, how about if I just 
notice the light moving in the room or do something else for, you know, a few minutes. Um, and pay attention to what's really happening around me right now, as opposed to reaching for another distraction while I wait for my original distraction to start up again. So it, it, it's, it, it sounds so ridiculous, doesn't it? When you say it like it's that. Funny. It it's is, funny. It is. It is. We, we, yeah, we want to check out. Yeah. And, and sometimes it wasn't, that's what, it wasn't yeah, that anything was bad was she, happening. She all that sadness, right? No, but sometimes that's what, that just sinking into our bodies Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what the emotion of sadness helps us to do. Mm-hmm. It helps us to kind of ground us into our bodies. I thought that's really, that's really cool. Yeah. And that, and then a lot of times the distractions are there, there, it's okay. We, we, they're, they're a coping mechanism and they're there for a reason, but that's so yeah. cool that you got yourself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And oh, yeah, it just, it was funny. I figured I'd wrap myself out on that one. <laughs> But anyway, we love um, the language of emotions. It really it brought together some threads of things that we've read in other places, but also gave us some new stuff to ponder. So, oh, so whole new level, yeah, yeah, we recommend absolutely. It. So yes, yeah, so if you get a chance to read it, um, please come back and let us know what you think, um, what you got out of it. it. Could be very different than than what we saw, um, what stuck with us. So always happy to to hear. Uh, if you take our recommendation to read something or check something out, uh, how it worked out for you. Absolutely. So, but until then, Jenny and I are wishing you so much light and love. And so many, many blessings. As always, be well. Yes. Bye-bye.